right. This wouldn't, uh, this wouldn't be done. Thank you, Pastor Eric. Can you guys give Pastor Eric a round of applause? He's awesome. He brought me my handy-dandy table. Um, uh, so our, our theme for, thanks, giant candle. Uh, our theme for tonight has been the image of God. Um, and I think that's something that's been really resonating uh, in my heart lately. And so I just decided to turn Christmas into a time to talk about it. Um, I think with the, uh, the growth and the advent uh, of, the, uh, of the internet, you can uh, see a lot of really interesting heresies have crept their way into the church. Um, things that maybe that somehow Jesus and God are totally different. Um, that they're not of the same substance, even though begotten means of the same substance, which is why Jesus is the only begotten of the Father, and they don't call us begotten, we're adopted, right? Because there's something specific about begottenness, uh, that my son was begotten by me, and he carries an aspect of my DNA, and so that we know Jesus is the fullness of God, and that when we sit here and celebrate Christmas, and we look into that manger, we don't see a human who will grow up to be a wise philosopher we see God and the fullness of God. And yet he took on flesh and he took on some of our very aspects. And there was an aspect of humanity added to him. But the son was given and a child was born. And I think that's a distinction the Bible makes that we don't realize how deep it is for a, a child was born, but a son was given. Because this child was actually born like a human. But the son was given, not born. He always existed. The father gave something that could not be born. And that was the son. And so when, as Christians, I think we don't understand sometimes fully why do we even celebrate Christmas besides we get it. Jesus is in a manger and it's this cutesy thing. And it's like, no, it's like this... Everything changed at the birth of Jesus. Was Jesus born on December 25th? Probably not, right? Um, but we don't celebrate Christmas on the 25th because of any pagan ties. Uh, you actually can't trace it back historically to any paganism that crosses over with Christianity. That's actually a false truth. The truth is, the reason why Christians chose December 25th is it was an old Jewish tradition that... Uh, prophets died on the day they were conceived. And so they figured Jesus was conceived in May, I believe, and then they counted up nine months, and they're like, oh, this, he must have died in December. They were wrong, but it's why they did that, uh, right? Um, but I want to make this short, and I want to make it sweet. I want to get to the song, and I want to just end the night on a beautiful note as we sing worship and light our candles and realize this, we're going to light candles not just because of some fun tradition to remember, because Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah. All right, and there is, a, there is a true significance to candles lighting up this room. Um, but this baby in the manger is God in the flesh. And uh, there's a song that uh, in recent times has come under scrutiny, and I'll fight for it because I think it's a beautiful song. And that song is Mary Did You Know? Um, Yes, I know Mary did know that Jesus was God, but I think the song is asking, did you realize the nuance? Like how much you would change the world with your yes, Mary. Um, but there's a song, there's a line in the song. Well, for one, can we talk about the fact that this child that you delivered will soon deliver you is one of the greatest bars in freaking history. <laughs> like that's uh, so clever and beautiful. Uh, but the, the thing I want to draw our attention to is during that song, which says, Mary, did you know that when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God? 
Um, that's just good doctrine. And so when we're talking about the image of God tonight, I'm not saying uh, the, the imago Deo. I'm not saying that you are the image of God. I'm saying Jesus is actually, when you look at Jesus, you see the Father. And I think that's unique because we live in a day and age where people are afraid of the Father and they hide under Jesus, where we have this kind of thing where Jesus is the lover and God is the angry one. But when you look at Jesus, you see the Father. So all the love that you see in Jesus is the same love the Father has towards you. And I think as Christians, we have to be careful. This is something I, I talked about this last weekend, where it's like in Christianity, the Holy Spirit is not the female aspect of God, right? That we don't want to embrace things be, like that, because then we'll start to believe they're three different people instead of one God. They may have functions, but the same nurturing you see in the Holy Spirit, you see that same nurturing in the Father. And the kindness that you see in the Son, you'll see in the Father. Right? The Bible says that it's the kindness of God, and that's the Father, that leads men to repentance. Uh, so I want to read three verses for tonight, um, and none of them are Christmas verses. And yet, at the same time, uh, they manifested in Christmas. And here's the first verse. That verse is Colossians 1.15, uh, where it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. God was unseeable. God was truly unknowable until a baby in a manger cried his first cries. And God was able to be seen. And wise men came and saw. And shepherds, who I would argue are just as wise, came and saw. But like I said, don't, do not get it twisted tonight that we are not celebrating just the birth of Jesus. We, we are celebrating God in the flesh. We are celebrating the fact that because Jesus is born, the cross is assured. That Christians, we celebrate the beginning of things because God beginning something is as good as if God will complete it. And so as we've seen the son born, we've, we know the sun will be on the cross. And that's the same confidence we have to have where as the sun got off the cross and left and said, I will come back for you, assuredly as the sun was born, it's just as sure as it will be that he will come back for his bride. And yeah, we're, that's where we're at now. And we celebrate Christmas because we remember just as much as he came once, he will just as assuredly come again. Christianity can in fact be disproven and that is through history. If you can find the body of Jesus, you can prove that there is no Christianity, right? And that's because our claim, our very stance is that we serve a risen Savior. There is no body to find because that body has not yet returned to take his body home, right? And so realize that Christmas is wrapped up with so much. Christmas is not just, look how cute he is in a manger. I like that. Amelia is not here tonight, but she made this graphic, and I think it's the best graphic she's ever made. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, but if Jesus is the image of God, then all the love and kindness we see in the Son is the same love and kindness God has towards you. So the first thing I want to do is point out that the Bible does teach this, that Jesus and the Father have the same nature. So again, another non-Christmas verse, and yet totally Christmas verse, Hebrews 1.3 says this, He is the radiance of of the glory of God, this is Jesus, and the exact imprint of his nature, 
and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Look at that. He is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the exact imprints of his nature. He upholds the universe by the words of his power. Jesus is God. And not only is Jesus God, every characteristic you see in Jesus is the exact same character of the Father. I know I keep saying that tonight, but it really is my only point for you, is that Jesus is God. And, and do you see that beautiful Savior bleeding on the cross? That is the love the Father has for you. Don't buy into the lie, again, that God's mad at you. Right? It's the old charismatic saying that I feel like I should say it. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And so he made a way when a way could not be made. Because he's also a righteous judge. We can't hide that aspect of God. But hear me, Jesus too was a righteous judge. Right? And he made a way. That way may be narrow, but there is a way. That is through the blood and is a bridge built by the blood of the Son. My second and final little point for you is that Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. See, Jesus makes a statement that I think a lot of people will often forget. And this is John 14, 9. Again, wonderful Christmas verse. Not really a Christmas verse. Uh, John 14, 9. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you this long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So basically the apostles disciples come up to Jesus and they say, show us the father. And Jesus is like, what are you talking about? I have shown you him with everything I've done. And new age mystics try to say, because we all become God. And that's not true. It's because Jesus is God. And Jesus is unique. And there are aspects of Jesus's character that will never be ours as Christians. And this is one of them. You will not be God. But you will serve him. And you'll be higher than the angels. And you'll walk in the authority of God. And you'll be a child of the king. And you are welcome in and you can come and you can glory in him forever where there's no more tears and no more pain. And just now you can actually walk with God in this broken place right now as a child who is protected by his father. But hear me now, you will never become God. The best you get to do is serve him. But man, what an honor it is to serve him. Because all the other masters that you are tempted to serve would never give their son for you. They would not bleed for you and they would not die for you. We slip into other religions. You know, it's funny. I've been, I've been, playing, I've been playing God of War lately. Awesome game. Uh, but, I mean, they're, they're, those, those gods in that game, you play those, those games. I grew up playing them. There are people who worshiped them. And Kratos killed them. I don't know what that says about, about you, but, um, uh, but, but, but the point is, like, I think we can, we can mystify something that is actually things that people really, truly believe, right? And trust me, there are many people here on this earth who are, who are bound and worshiping gods that don't care for them. Even in the lore of their own belief system, they don't care for them on the level that God cares for you. And the truth is, the Bible doesn't even take the stance that those gods aren't real. The Bible takes the stance that Yahweh is superior. 
There's never this aspect in the Bible where like, yeah, that God you're worshiping, he doesn't exist. They always say he might, but even he has to bow a knee. She might, but even she has to bow a knee. So let's all serve the same God. Jesus lived a life we couldn't live. He died a death that we were meant to die. This baby will grow up to be a man who is beaten. He is bloodied. The Bible says that they will rip out his beard. They will make him walk through the streets stripped of his clothing. They'll put a crown on his head and beat him. Make fun of him and bow a knee. Then all that's for you. Uh, there's, a, there's a song, I've quoted it before, it's, it's Lower Still by a band called My Epic and they have like this build up to the end of the song and it goes, beat in his face, tear the skin off his back, lower still. Rip off his clothes, make him crawl through the streets, lower still. Hang him like meat on a criminal's tree, lower still. And bury his corpse in the earth like a seed, like a seed, lower still. And the song goes quiet. And it builds into a beautiful moment, though, that after it goes quiet, it lets you ponder what God went through for you, how low he went through, how low he went for you. Because realize that what God is doing in a dirty manger, the perfect God has no business being there but for love. The Bible says, but for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Let me ask you, what was that joy? That joy was his bride. That joy was you who've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that joy can be you should you bow a knee and say, I want to be a part of a kingdom where the God cares enough to come find me when I don't have it in me to go find him. Because that's what this is. The earth was not crying out for Jesus. The earth was. The people weren't. There was a groan, but there were no people seeking him. He came on his own. The Bible says, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. That word world, that means broken, dysfunctional system, right? These people weren't seeking him. They were seeking themselves, but he came because he's a seeker. And just like Jesus came to a manger without asking you, when he came into your life, he didn't ask you. He came and found you. He didn't wait until you were ready to hear from him. He was talking to you your entire life because our God, he's not a gentleman. He kicks the door in. He finds us in our brokenness. He cleans us up. He dusts us off. The Bible says, I will make you lie beside still waters. And it is the beauty of the gospel is that God found me. And it started in this manger. And before I lose track of what I was saying, uh, he's the get song gets song. The song gets soft as we think about his body put in the earth like a seed, and it says the earth explodes for she cannot hold him. Powerful. And all that is the image. All that is God. The fullness of God was always in agreement. I just, I feel like I have a better time connecting with the Holy Spirit. You buy it into something weird. Because God is God, is God is God. His character and his nature is consistent. The Holy Spirit's the Spirit of God living inside of me. It's the Spirit of the Father. The Son is the image 
of the Father. And the Father is the Father. They're all God. The fullness of God. We as Christians have a crazy belief called the Trinity. Where they each have their own function, the three members of the Trinity. But believe me, it is one character and it is one God. God, I thank you that you found us. Thank you today that we celebrate the beginning of things. God, that as we sit here tonight contemplating that you are the light of this world, God, may we have the, the wherewithal to for a second realize how dark our world was before you. God, I pray that we wouldn't, uh, wouldn't become so desensitized to the light that we stop remembering how dark it once was. Thank you, and I could not find a way you lighted my path. God, I thank you that when I was a mess, you didn't wait for me to clean myself up. Thank you that you cleaned me, and that you keep me clean. In Jesus' name I say, amen.